Welcome to the Neutral Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Schneider, coming to you from lovely Denver, Colorado, and I'll be joined on this week's episode by a panel of Neutral Zoners from all around the country. In Chicago, Illinois, we've got Locke Petersheim. Out in Eugene, Oregon, we've got Tom Breuer. Down in Dallas, Texas, we've got Price Trozen. And in the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix, Arizona, Robert Licardo joining us on the podcast this week. And, uh, a little bit of a different intro this time around because, quite frankly, we had some messy, weird audio problems this time around. Uh, we had a fascinating conversation going on about uh, Gotham Chopra's new documentary, The Religion of Sports. Now, Gotham Chopra is the son of Deepak Chopra and himself a big sports fan and also someone who was steeped in spirituality and religion growing up. So uh, he found a lot of similarities between sports fans and uh, religious uh, uh, people and also just kind of the community that it grows up around uh, sports fans and uh, the same kind of community that grows up around religion and a lot of similarities between the two. And so we have uh, a little bit of a conversation going on about that. Lost entirely the first part of it, but uh, at least we did pick it up uh, somewhere along the line and uh, have it going. Um, I apologize. The audio on this episode is a little on the tinny side. We will be readdressing how we go about doing this in the future. But hey, give it a listen and uh, see what you think. And we're going to pick it up with uh, Locke talking a little bit about uh, kind of some of the similarities between how religion grew up and also our own obsession with jinxes and good luck charms and things of that nature. So here we go. Take it away, Locke. Well, so I was th- I was talking about, you know, that religion came out of this fear of why bad things happen and what you can do to prevent it, which, of course, is why we have rally caps and why I wear green underwear on Sundays during Packers games. And, you know, it's like, how do I prevent something bad from happening? Well, I have to wear this special, my, my favorite Green Bay shirt if I want to if we want to beat the Seahawks, you know. Right. So that that root, that root of, of where religion and sports comes from and that the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, uh, the, what, what Locke was talking about with the, why did the lightning strike the tree and set my entire family on fire after that? The guy's like, oh, I know I should have bought the, killed it and put on that new animal skin halfway through the season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and and I'm also fascinated by a lot of this. I don't know if anybody here has ever read, um, The Source by James Mishner. Um, yeah yes it's I, a 40 while years ago, ago. yeah yeah it's you know but it goes deep way back into sort of the origins of religion i remember the early chapters being very much that it was you know kind of all right you know we did this certain little thing and you know to to make it rain one time or you know and that sticks in and that becomes the basis for these traditions or in our case you know jinxes or anti-jinxes or whatever it is but um but i think Sports does also have that kind of elevated uh, group. You're part of a larger community of of uh, belief, right? And and obviously, like you know, look at look at me. Like today, we're going to finish this podcast up. I'm going to take a shower, put on my Green Bay gear, and head down to Will's because that's my Sunday church. That's right. Um, but also, community. The biggest one of the thing, the two things I think, two or three things that religion are based in is number one, why are, why do things happen in the world? Number two, what happens after I die? That's the one part where sports. Well, I got sports can cover that, 
And the, but the third most important one is probably community building. Mm-hmm. And like I know all of you guys on this podcast, um, most of you guys, you know, through the community building of Green Bay Packer fandom. And uh, and those and that community is also tied together by your jinks and rituals. Like for instance, our little Packer fandom group has all these little in jokes about you know, like Price just said, changing your changing your skins during the season or playing golden <laughs> tea. You know, all these rituals that, that that help us define ourselves as a as a community. So absolutely, I, I get that. It's one of the things I, I mentioned. You know, that religion can't really do the afterlife thing. It can't really offer offer you answers to the internal question of what happens to me after I die. But you know, having done the Cubs thing this fall here in Chicago, and the Wrigley Field um, outfield wall, the bleacher wall, and people go in there and write the names of their deceased loved ones who didn't get to see the Cubs win the World Series. And there was definitely that tie. Like, I went up there and wrote my dad's name up there, you know, in chalk. Yeah. And there's definitely that tie to, like, oh, I'm somehow tapping into the afterlife via my father or grandfather's sports fandom. But at which point I sent my mom a picture of dad's name on the wall, and she was like, what's this? And I said, I explained the whole thing to her. And she goes, well, he was more of a Cardinals fan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Mom. I'll go erase it. Oh, man. That's (laughs) That's awesome. That is such an awesome mom moment right there. That's exactly what my mom was doing. Well, but you're right, though. There is, I mean, there is this sort of eternal element to it. You know, people talk about how they were brought into – the culture of a sports fan base by their parents or their grandparents. And, you know, um, I, I have a picture. I have a picture. I have a picture from uh, about 10 years ago at my hometown cemetery. And this actually ties into the Deepak or not Deepak Gotham Chopra yeah. uh, show is I have a picture of a, of a great, of a tombstone. I'm from a, my family is a funeral runs a funeral home uh, with a uh, number three flag flying over the grave. And you see a lot of that in like small town Iowa, where people actually decorate their graves with uh, Dale Earnhardt, you know, memorabilia. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Well, I sort of wonder sometimes if, if sports is kind of a benign thing to replace tribal instincts, where you know, in in um, yeah earlier you know, centuries ago or, or millennia ago, we'd be killing each other over Packers Vikings, but but it's. Um, you know, instead of it, it's it's Yahweh versus Ball in that case, but, but no, here it's, oh, it, 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 I think that's I mean, absolutely a big part of it. I, I think yeah, uh, absolutely. Part of this documentary explores that. In fact, he talks about. Uh, he said one of the most interesting episodes that they did was uh, in I, think, I feel like it was, I can't remember if it was Ireland. Or it was in Europe, but it was two like local soccer clubs basically who have been rivals for like a hundred and some odd years. I'm guessing and, it's uh, that's and uh, Celtic and uh, Celtic and Rangers. Well, it's like well, basically one team is essentially Protestant, and one team is essentially Catholic. And Celtic and Rangers, oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Rangers, uh, Celtic is 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 hardcore Catholics, and the Rangers mm-hmm. have been known. Their fans have been known to erupt into chants of "fuck the Pope" during games. Wow. <laughs> So there you got a blending. It's a, quote. Of it's a quote, so we can get away with it on our PG yeah, thirteen. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any. Well, you know, like, like you see, you see, um, you see every time there's coverage. Like I just watched this week again, Ward Screen Week. Um, all the prestige films I watched, Loving, uh, about the Loving case. Um, and you you see every time there's a big rivalry game, 
whether it's the Packers and the Bears or whether it's a Super Bowl game, you always get the, the shot of the story about the, the couple where he's a he's a Bears fan and she's a Packers fan. They show them sitting in the stands together with their opposite jerseys on. And that almost becomes like a sort of shorthand metaphor for, say, like, you know, race relations and stuff. Like, oh, you know, we don't want to talk about that, but we'll talk about this sports rivalry, the sports tribalism um, as a, a way of like, oh, we can, we can solve it, you know. Right. <laughs> I just drove us into the ditch of race of racial well, of racial relations. <laughs> well, I think there's the, I mean, and also a cultural relation. I mean, I still, I'm always, I always remember uh, working with a guy from the UK, uh, at a job like I don't know, 15 years ago. We were talking about, um, you know, like the Packer Bear rivalry, and you know, and, and just we talked about how crazy people get for the World Cup, you know, in Europe. It's like. You know, he kind of pointed out, like, well, you talk about the rivalry between Green Bay and Chicago. It's like Green Bay has never occupied Chicago. You know, it's there's never been like a war, <laughs> and like you know, it's like yeah, these rivalries uh, can take on a whole different dimension. And again, you look at like who are what drives most sports fandom, and I'm not saying this is all sports, but most fandoms are driven by. You're like 18 to 24 year old, usually males, mm-hmm. and they and that's what that's what war and tribalism is too. It's basically driven by young males who have all this testosterone and all this need to prove themselves and to go out and reproduce or fighter, fighter. As I'll let Price drop the f bomb, um, <laughs> fight, fight, fighter, or the other f. Oh yeah, um, right, right. So, so yeah, We're totally so do like. So when you talk about like like soccer or European football, you know, and you have all these what the, you know soccer hooligans, this is sort of like another outlet for this pent up aggression and and tribalism and and pride and anger that you get generally from young males. To be honest, mm-hmm. that's true. Uh, to be fair, though, I would say that Chicago occupies Door County every summer. Ah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, we if point Green Bay were, we're going to uh, try to attack Chicago, what would be the best battle plan? I, I imagine you'd have to go into the element of surprise. Uh, I, would say, I would say a fleet of Wisconsin ducks, Dell's ducks coming down like Michigan. Uh, I would say don't, don't let uh, Chicago uh, lure you into Soldier Field because once you're inside, you're trapped and there's, it's very difficult to get out. So that's that's a, right. <laughs> um, terrible egress from that place, let me tell you. As, some, as, someone who lives, as someone who lives three blocks away from Lake Michigan, I can tell you that's, that's our weakest, least defended <laughs> point. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably true. But yeah, cut off the by, marinas. Like, cut, cut, cut off the marinas and uh, you're, you're, just, uh, I imagine, I imagine the best time to attack would be St. Patrick's Day. It would be kind of like the Tet Offensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah <'cause> really. That's <laughs> everybody passed out. Just don't, just don't attack via Lake Michigan during like you know um, summer t- Tuesday or Thursday volleyball league. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, it's. I think this looks like a a fascinating documentary series. I'll be curious to check it out. It's called The Religion of Sports. Um, And I will. I will say this too. I was going to throw this in. Um, You know, we where this is a neutral zone, obviously. So we're sports and and geekdom. But I think that one of the things I've become very aware of in the past five years or so is the rise. It's not even the rise. It's just more the codification among the younger generation of, of fandoms 
and and geek fandoms, whether TV shows or movies or books or whatever, can take on all these uh, all these aspects too. You know, Star Wars geeks. Oh yeah, Star Trek geeks. Um, it's Harry it's Potter it's geeks. Yeah, just talking about nerd fandoms and a lot of the same things we're talking about: building community, um, <laughs> sacred texts, which doesn't really apply. Well, sports. You know, when you talk about sports and religion, boy, think about how many of us grew up with. Um, sports cards as almost like religious relics, oh, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, sports doesn't quite have the sacred text unless you count the broadcast themselves as sacred text or your old VHS tape of that Super Bowl win that you you bring out and watch every every time there's a bad season, you know, you pull out your team's most recent championship win VHS tape and pop it in to drown your sorrows. Anyway. When pride still mattered. And I would, I would just say, uh, apropos of nothing, um, if your team wins the Super Bowl, do not pee on a church afterwards. Uh, yeah, that is really I'm good advice. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tom and I may have learned that. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, in general, don't pee on churches. It's probably not a good idea, I know. Especially not after your team wins the Super Bowl. I'm, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of hubris. Uh, I would, I would also it is a bit of hubris, and when I heard it was a Lutheran church, I was like, oh, oh yeah, so oh, really, it's okay. a couple of tribalism church. Let's face it, come on. Again, it all mixes together there. Also, so. Price mentioned this. We could actually use this as a "Who said it?" quiz, Jim. Who said it? Uh, winning isn't everything; it's the only thing. Or who said the least shall be first and the first shall be last? <laughs> Oh, they were both Catholic. That's true. <laughs> uh, Jesus, Jesus wasn't Jewish, he was Catholic. I, oh, that's I, true. Thought that, oh, yeah. I thought that that quote from Lombardi was, was non-canonical. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. Say well, that one more time. Non-canonical. I can't. I can't. Well, so now we can segue now into why is church attendance down? Right. Exactly. We should talk about it. But I do want to say, uh, I noted, by the way, Price, before we move on to the next topic, uh, that in this uh, the documentary, uh, MMA is one of the things that he talks about, I guess. Um, there's an episode on, uh, of all things, uh, what is it, eSports? You know, the new, like, watching people play video games? Yeah. Uh, and uh, NASCAR, a bunch of other stuff. So it's interesting, but maybe... Yeah, and I was thinking about that, too, when I was, when I was preparing for this show, because... A lot of young people today. This, this ties into the NFL thing too. They don't watch TV. They just they're just online, um, and they play video games. Um, I mean, there's a whole generation that don't go to movies and don't watch sports because they're video games. But but you know, Chopra said uh, I can't say his last name. I can't say canonically either. Chopra. Uh, Chopra says you know there have always been sports in every society throughout history. And you think, well, wait a minute. What about these kids that are kind of growing up online? Yeah. On the internet. But they do have, they absolutely do have a sports. They spend their time watching speed runs, you know, playing video games, watching each other play video games. Um, so there's always going to be some sort of competitive, like again, for these 18 to 24 year old males, there's going to be some sort of competitive outlet. It's true. Whether it's sports, video games, et cetera. That's right. So it's, it's a problem. I guess we're talking about the. Uh, the uh, NFL's ratings now, which are yeah, and I do yeah. That's our. But is, is that is that across the board? With sports? That's a great segue, Tom. It is a great segue, Tom. And yes, indeed, what we want. Tom to gets about. a segue. Segway trophy to Tom this week. That's right. Well done. So yes, it, it, we have seen uh, the story, and it came out weeks ago. But basically, that uh, 
NFL ratings are down this season, which people have all kinds of different theories about. And, and you know, uh, you know, notably, uh, the world's last couple games of the, uh, well, the World Series, I don't remember which game it was that was concurrent with Sunday Night Football. Uh, but baseball beat football, which is rare, even in the World Series. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've thought about this as a topic because I myself feel a lot less interested in football this season. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that, probably. Um, but I kind of wanted to see what well, your folks thought about that. I've got personal reasons versus, and obviously that's, you know, you can't really generalize those. But, I mean, I, I moved out of Wisconsin for one thing, so I don't follow the Packers as closely. And then You left the whole um, night. That's right. Yeah, I did. And and, um, I, and the team is just, you know, I'm used to, I'm used to them always being in the hunt, and, and now they're not any good. But, I mean, I, I, I guess the, the obvious one is the concussion issue, which maybe people have internalized to a greater degree than anyone's admitting. I don't know. I would say, and number one, uh, you are the problem, the, the sort of heresy, the sort of heretic talk we just heard from last week. Hey, I, I um, just, brought the wrath of the football gods. Prepare the excommunication. Um... I got the giant cheese popat. Um, I no longer believe that um, that Aaron Rodgers exists. I guess. Oh, well, he's infallible. Yes, <laughs> you're denying the infallibility of Aaron Rodgers. Um, the uh, now I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say one of the things. I know we don't talk about elections in here, politics in here, but you know that's one of the other things that comes up again as well. Ratings were down this season because of the election, or they were down because of Kaepernick, or they're. And I think it's a—it's not so much that; it's more a, a general building up. And one of the things I think about a lot in the past month, since things happened in the elections, is how the defeat of Hillary wasn't just FBI emails; it wasn't just fake news. It was the fact that all those things combined to just sort of create a general sense yes. that she was crooked or distrustworthy. And I think that's what's happened with the NFL, and especially the past five years. It's not just domestic violence; it's not just concussion issues; it's not just Kaepernick. But it's all those things continually feed into this notion of eh, there's something you know you hear a lot of people say, well I'll watch I'll watch college football but not NFL because the NFL is dirty or it's crass or commercial. Sorry, um, it's it's away at you. That's true. Yeah. True. What well, yeah. I, I don't know if this has any any bearing on it, but the, the last Super Bowl was was in my mind the worst Super Bowl. Yeah, it was before. garbage. It was, it was just it, it, you know I don't know how much of that had to do with just sort of being a little bit disconnected to begin with and, and but, but the game that was, was I, that was one of the worst ones since um since the raiders tampa back in was it 2003 oh, that was I, I actually fell asleep during the game of course I, that, I, that that bronco seahawks one was bad too man it was just a beat down yeah that's true um yeah and, and the first player snap then, over the head yeah but you know i really getting back to what lock what you said i really do think it is a combination of a lot of things and i'm going to throw one out there that has the more i've thought about it the more that this has come back to me, like I think Thursday night football is indicative of the NFL trying to go too far. Too and the far fact that, that they're right. It's saturated. I mean, it used to be, I think about, you know, where I got into football and why I love football. It was like, and I always, I say this to people all the time. The reason why football is the sport that I am most connected to in a lot of ways is because there are only 16 games because it is, each game is very important. It's very. It was like it's a special thing that Sunday was football day, or maybe Monday night once yeah. in a while. 
and now it just feels so spread all over the place. Even though this, the number of games is well currently still the same, that could change. But and it doesn't help. It doesn't help that the Thursday night games have all been terrible. They suck. I mean, and, and and I've been listening to a few uh, conversations and various shows and podcasts about this thing, and that that's come up a lot. It's been bad football. Um, you know, I think that it's basically like they've just they're obviously making money hand over fist, and they wanted to just keep. Uh, you know, spreading it and spreading it and making it more and more and more. And I think what they you lose is that uh, that's you know the specialness of it, like this, like the fact that you know for a few hours on Sunday it's you know it's football and that's great. But it's not. You know, it's not a few hours. There are right. Sundays now where where you can wake up at six a.m. and start watching a game because it's being right. played in London. Yes. And football's not over until right. late, late at night. Or like midnight on the East Coast. Yeah. Right. Well, I got a question for a team switcher, hey, Robert. Since your <laughs> since your Rams oh. split on you, and then oh, uh, San God. Diego's been because Robert actually, for a little background, Robert uh, was born and raised SoCal and was a Rams guy. Uh, and then the Rams split. Everyone hated Georgia for any air for moving the team, and then a lot of guys switched to San Diego. And then now Robert obviously lives in Arizona, so. San Diego is actually screwing around with their city. So, what's uh, what's the perspective from someone whose team keep keeps boning you, dude? <laughs> <laughs> to put it bluntly, well, seriously, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pledge that I was a Rams fan back when they were in town. In fact, when both the Rams and the Raiders left. My first thought was, all right, now we're going to get the best game on TV, you know, <laughs> like the game of the week on TV. But, you know, I, I did latch on to, this, to the Chargers, and the Cardinals definitely drew me in. I think, you know, for me, because I was thinking about what makes what makes football less interesting to me, or maybe not less interesting, but, I, you know, like ESPN, what they'll cover more often is like the police blotter. And, and Jennifer made the comment a couple weeks ago, she goes, I just want to know what happened in the games and, and, and what are the scores and what are the plays. I don't care about, I mean, it's important. I know these guys, you know, the, the 24 hours news cycle, you have to fill it. But um, it was more about, you know, who got arrested, um, who's being investigated by the NFL for this, who got caught with PEDs and who's suspended. And I'm just not interested in all that. Good point. Yeah. That, the other thing, too, general, is more saturation of the coverage in general is, I mean, you, it, it's, like, ubiquitous where... Yeah, NFL Network, you watch it all day long. If you want. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I think yeah. That's, that raises a good After point, a while, too. Why, why we, can talk, we can talk about cord cutting and people not watching as much live TV. Sports is the only live TV I watch. But getting back to Robert's point, made me think of something, too, that we're seeing the same thing with baseball. And my father always said that, uh, my late father used to say, well, America started to go downhill the minute we started to play soccer in, in school instead of football. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that's, how, that's how we lost it. Yeah. Um, but but there, you look at baseball. Okay, what led to the decline of baseball in the, in the past 15, 20 years? Number one, it was the, um, the steroid scandal, yep. the doping scandal. And number two, it was the fact that fewer and fewer young people played baseball in their backyard or in their street growing up in America. Like they used to in his day, you know, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, that's what you did. You got a game together in the backyard. And you don't do that as much. People play basketball a lot more on their playgrounds. And with football, you're seeing the same thing. You're seeing, number one, a, a, a number of scandals, whether they're domestic violence or concussions. 
And number two, you're seeing, because of the concussion thing, you're seeing more and more parents saying, we don't want our kids to play football in Pee Wee League or Pop Warner. And you're seeing them say, okay, let's play soccer instead. So you, and this sounds facile and it sounds again like my father, but you are seeing like if you didn't play a sport growing up, you're going to be that much less likely to devote three to six hours a week watching it as an adult. Right. Yeah, it's true. And let me uh, temple, or not temple, but let me kind of piggyback on that. Yeah, please don't, don't though. So this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, the, the rematch of the Super Bowl, the first game of the year, can you imagine if you're like some parent who, who says, okay, football, yeah, oh, it's a rematch, it should be a big game, and then I'm not a Cam Newton fan by any stretch of the imagination, but what they let the Broncos get away with oh. on him that game is criminal. I have honestly seen less violent MMA matches than, than what they were doing in Newton. They were spearing him in the head every chance they get, and I think they yep. only got one flag. Yeah, that was the thing. I remember that's that. The, that's the, the Shaq factor, right? Because when somebody yep. hits Shaq, he doesn't move. Like, you hit Cam, and he doesn't, like, crumple like some other quarterbacks because he's so large. Yeah. And, yeah, he gets screwed. He definitely gets screwed. He does, and, and that's, you know, and that's, that's part of it, I think. Uh, there is that, you know, people think like, well, you know, the reason people watch football is because of the violence. I mean, that's possibly an element, but I also think it's possible to go too far. From, from an ethical standpoint with the NFL, too, there's like, there's almost a parallel with like the tobacco industry where, I mean, I don't know how, how aware they were of the concussion um, issue. Right, but they covered it up. Decades. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you kind of get this sense that they, they had to protect the revenue above above everything else and yeah shield you know it's hard well, to, you, it's and, hard and to you, reconcile that sometimes you look at you look at like and price can speak this better than i can but you look at like the mma which has grown in popularity and the mma has done two important things that they learned from two other sports they've learned from boxing that if your sport feels too violent and destructive to its to its participants to its athletes you over you might get a lot of ratings that week, but you're, over time you're going to lose your audience over generations. And number two, they, the MMA definitely learned from from the baseball doping scandals that you really have to make your monitoring transparent and 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 enforced. To because again, you might get more home runs or whatever the MMA equivalent would be knockouts in the short term, but you're going to lose a long term fandom if they feel that their your sport is dirty. And yeah. the NFL, as Tom was saying, again, like you know Nixon, it's not the it's not the crime, it's the right. cover up. Yep. You know. And I think getting back to what you said, I think earlier, Locke, about kind of this massive things that all contribute to this decline. I think that's part of it because it does create this. I mean, there's this idea of the cover up and the concussions, and also uh, Robert, what you you and uh, Jennifer were talking about about like the coverage of this. Uh, where, you know, it used to be that, yeah, you'd maybe get a few little newsy notes about a player during the pregame show before a game, or you might see a story, you know, online or in the paper, but now it's just wall-to-wall coverage all the time, and a lot of these people are just terrible people, so you hear about it all the time, like the domestic abuse and the, you know, uh, other problems that a lot of the players in the sport have, and it just leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, I think, and you know, it is funny to me that I, and I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard anybody like literally say when they saw the 
ratings decline thing. Like, well, it's you know, like it's a hundred percent because of Colin Kaepernick, which I yeah. found to be the most comical. <laughs> I didn't oh, think it was oh, Colin Kaepernick at all. They don't even. I mean, any no. Anyway. There's probably like five people who stopped watching football because of Colin Kaepernick, uh, and you right, know they, were, they weren't watching Warshak, real closely. That's more Warshak effect, you know, like yeah, you see what, what you want to see. That's absolutely right, Locke. I think it is. People, you know, who are really offended by that wanted it like, well, that you know, that serves them right, you know, um, NFL for supporting this guy, and and uh, that's it's so, but yeah, but to blame it on that is, is well, I now was but actually I, I watching uh, uh, on on Saturday or Friday they were showing uh, when I went out to the I went out to a show on Friday, and while I was in between shows, I was watching a little TV and speaking to the whole violence thing they had. The football life on Lyle Alzado and just about how just awful he was. I mean, they were just kind of going over everything. But you look at the stuff that he was doing; he'd be he'd be facing he'd be facing season suspensions now for the stuff that he did. So I, I, it has come it has come forward some. Just some like me feel not fast enough. No, and, well, I mean, and, and the whole. Watch- the Raiders no of the seventies basically couldn't exist in, in today's NFL. No way. Yeah. Right. Well, we we were watching the Tampa Bay game. I forgot that Tampa Bay was playing on Monday night, and just to hear John exactly. spewing accolades for Jameis Winston. I mean, Jameis Winston, as far as I'm concerned, is like bag. yeah, less than a human being. And it, yeah, and just to hear that, it, it made me physically ill. It's just like, you know, put the blinders yeah. on. Oh, no, yeah, no, there's Davis a lot of that. He's such a great quarterback. Ugh. It is tough, you know. It's uh, I get conflicted a lot about it because I love the sport and I love watching football. But, yeah, I have to admit my interest well, has waned in a lot of ways. Yeah, a lot of ways. There's, there's the three people that I respect most in this world for, for their uh, solid moral and ethical views are Chris Hayes on MSNBC, John mm-hmm. Stewart, and Jim Schneider. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you, Locke. And all three of you, about two years ago, I've, I've heard all three of them at some point say things like, look, I love football, but I'm not sure how to go forward being a fan after the concussion issue because you're like, I'm watching people kill themselves. Yeah. The other thing, point I wanted to bring up is um, this gets back to ratings and how we just we, we consume media differently. Um, I believe the Internet is, is the root of all things, it's all changes in society. But, you know, uh, people today, they watch short little clips on YouTube. They watch short little clips on ESPN. They pull up, you know, people don't go to movies or TV or watch TV. They just watch GIFs, you know. Um, and the same thing has happened with, like, the Red Zone. It's like, okay, why would I go to, like, in my case, why would I go to Will's for right. three to four hours and watch an entire game when I can just oh. either watch the Red Zone clip or, you know, watch a, a, a recap show tonight and see all the best plays. No, that's that's sure. a really good point, Locke, because I actually have the Red Zone channel, and I catch myself that way where, yeah, I mean, and there is something, even a bad game, there's something to be said about watching an entire football game because there is kind of ups and downs, and there's a whole tapestry of it that is part of, again, why I got into football in the old days. But now, yeah, you put on the Red Zone channel, it's like, well, I get to see the best part of, like, six games at once, and it's not really the same I thing. A, I wonder if there's a market for fake sports news with <laughs> <laughs> could live in the universe where your team is going hey, to school. You know it's what, guys? Maybe, maybe that's our model going forward. I know we're going to you know, try to uh, let's, do some let's new things. Some of those, yeah, Packers are those Mas- yeah. Macedonian teenagers to help us out. I like it. I think that's perfect. We'll, we'll move perfect. into that we'll next year. Uh, uh, Schneidbart. Yeah, <laughs> Schneidbart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, Bob, but we may workshop that name a little bit. But it's, it's, <laughs> I'm intrigued, though. I'm intrigued. Uh, uh, 
But uh, and, and actually, you know, not to throw in another segue, but uh, you know, the other thing I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about today on the nerd side of things is Rogue One, right, which is about to come out. And it does occur to me, uh, you know, with Disney buying the, the Star Wars property, which of course I'm excited about, and, and I love that they're doing, you know, these uh, anthology movies. I'm excited about Rogue One. Is there a risk also? in the way that the NFL took a good thing and did too much of it, that Disney could, in fact, do that same thing. Right, and, and Disney, is, Disney is actively thinking about that. Yeah. And of course, because Disney, Disney does not do anything. Again, right. getting back to our kind of crude boys club here today where it's all guys. That's Disney right. doesn't, take a, doesn't, doesn't take a pee until right. it's made sure, you know. <laughs> so they, they, are very, they are very much, they are, there's a lot of reasons Rogue One is the way it is, the way it's being released the way it is. The way it ties into a standing event in the canon, but with no, with very few of the original characters, and so they are watching it. You know, next I, I see it tomorrow, but I think it comes out next Friday. So yeah, they're looking at Friday night. They are going to be glued to their um, early theatrical returns. Like okay, and I think it's going to do fine. But yes, Disney is very careful. Like they. They've been through it, where they where they they drove their brand into the ground. You know, in the seventies. And then had to rebuild it. Um, so they keep close tabs on: Are we oversaturating? Are we are we pushing too much on people too often? Are we losing the event, the unique special eventness of this? Yeah. See, because Marvel, you could take Marvel and look at how you know they took all these characters and they're just shoving movies out like every few months. And it's like they're definitely oversaturating. It feels that way. Yeah. They're reaching that point, and I mean, yeah, I'm still Wars. excited about all the stuff, but I feel like they're tiptoeing right on the edge of oversaturation. I mean, Star Wars right. one movie, one movie a year seems seems about perfect. It's like yeah, you know, there's still an excitement that builds. And, yeah. And oh, I, I've been building for every you know I'm thinking about every December for the next four years. I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about Rogue One. I know that it just had the uh, like the world premieres last night. You know, I saw I saw that Will Wheaton tweeted that he thought it was the best since the original film, which, you know, if Will Wheaton likes it, I'm okay. Huh? Yeah, and, and, and to completely pivot away from sports and religion and ratings, um, I'm excited because, let's be honest, for me it contains my favorite elements, which is basically just nasty, brutal empire machines yes. of war. Right, <laughs> and all those Crushing imperial officers scum. that you know so well. Crushing the rebel scum, that's yep. what I'm all about. I know, that's exciting, <laughs> I'm stoked about it. Can't wait to hear your take on it, lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it too. It's the only film this year that I'm actually, with the exception of, like I said earlier, La La Land, it's the only film that I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this screen. Yeah, I'm sadly going to probably have to wait for like a week or so after it comes out just because of the babysitting situation. <laughs> we should also point out when you, when you talk about probably Marvel, see it until the middle of January. Uh, you, don't think she, you don't think your daughter could sit through a screening of, of Star Wars? I got to tell she is, my daughter is obsessed with the original Star Wars movie. She watches it just about every day. Uh, she recites along parts of it. Uh, it's, uh, so she loves Star Wars, and I'm quite sure she'd like it. I'm just not sure if she's ready for the theatrical experience. Uh, I watched A New Hope last night in preparation. Very good. Just remind yourself of what the story was. That's right. Yeah, exactly. yeah you gotta. That's <laughs> you really have it. to because that's uh, <laughs> taking place after Rogue One, so it's it's all good. Exactly. But, it was more for Jennifer. That's the well, that's good. That's, that's good. But yeah, we're all excited about that. It'll be. Uh, I think we will be curious to see how that plays. I I think, like you said, Locke, I think it it will set the template for a lot of what Disney wants to do. Future. Right, and what they want to do is, you know, the next one is a Han Solo film. Right. Um, 
By the way, I've met all these stars of all these films. That's great, uh, man. Oh. I met the new Han Solo, uh, Eldrin Aldrin. Oh, wow. uh, but anyway, I'm just a little, little star effing as Price. That's very good, very good. <laughs> We're yeah, they, so they're they looking at I Han met a Solo. guy wearing a vest at the mall. <laughs> Alice Cooper walked into the restaurant when I was oh. breakfast the other day. Yeah, that's pretty good, Rob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um, the but they are definitely looking at like obviously Han Solo has a huge tie-in appeal. That's not a, yes. that's not a problem. That's and that film is in production; it's already shooting. Yep. But after that, they're looking at Saturday morning of this week to say, okay, where do we go next with you know a Boba Fett film? But they're also saying not a Boba Fett film. Maybe go off the board and start to go the route of like Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars, where you start to say, hey, we're going to go do something that's set completely outside of the time or the the general narrative frame of the original go to the other side of the galaxy um you know start to explore the wider universe um and that's really 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 risky because like i said disney but but disney has been has been mapping this we mentioned marvel which of course is disney now um they've been mapping that with things like ant-man and doctor strange and even thor and captain america people forget i always point this out iron man and captain america were not popular Marvel characters 10 years ago. You know, the po- popular ones were X-Men, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. Well, it's oh. like, I, I can't remember who it was. It was somebody I remember talking to this spring was like, imagine telling you, uh, you know, 10 years ago that the third Captain America movie would be bringing in more box office than Batman versus Superman. Right. And I know there's, there's never going to be conceived of that. If we've got geeks who hung on to the whole football talk, this podcast, I know they're going to say, but the Captain America, you know, he was in Iron Man. They were in essential parts of the event, like, but not to the general public. No, the, general the general public, public. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's Superman, Batman. That's it. Yep. Um, so Marvel basically made Iron Man because they didn't have the rights to any of their other big characters. Mm-hmm. And they made Captain America. And remember when Captain America came out? This is so weird for people, who, like you say, after coming off a of civil war this year. The people were like, oh, who's going to see a movie about Captain America? I mean, he's mm-hmm. kind of dopey, you know? Yeah. Um, so Disney is looking at the Marvel template and then going from that to Ant-Man, to Doctor Strange. Well, to let's not forget Ms. Guardians Ms. of the Galaxy. That was a crazy Guardians of the Galaxy. Idea, uh, exactly. Pursue that, but, you know, so they're looking at that time. as a template for their Star Wars plan, which mm-hmm. is, hey. I can't wait for the general <laughs> Akbar sitcom on ABC. Yeah, that would be a, that's our trap. <laughs> I want to see... Uh, yeah, I mean, so that's the name of the Akbar, Akbar would be great. I, I want to see, like, a whole deep character piece on that guy from the cantina who's like, well, we're wanted men. There have been novels or comics. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. yeah. That covered that guy. That I am story. not surprised. A I would walrus like see, man. Or... I'd like to see something on Dexter Jetster from... <laughs> there you Maybe go. Like, sort, of like, sort of like an Alice kind of <laughs> Well, that's what he just goes out to work in a restaurant. He was Mel, yeah. He was Vic Tabak, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. Like a wise, wise, cracking southern southern waitress. And actually, yeah, speaking of Vic Tabak, if we could maybe jeté over to Star Trek for a second. When are we not? When are we not? I would love to see uh, a movie that explores whatever happened on that, a piece of the action, like Gangster. You know? Exactly. Spocko. Well, yeah, Beppo and... Uh, Bella, yeah. Yeah, that's right, Bella. Oxman. Well, they, did, they did leave that communicator there, so. That's right, you never know. And, and whole, Star Wars, or even Paramount, Paramount and Star Wars in the 90s and, and even now have always experimented with how far can we go away from 
our original trilogy of characters, trio of characters, and bring up new characters and tie that in, you know, with, with Next Generation, uh, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and now Star Trek Discovery next year, you know. Right. Um, Speaking so of they that, have, they can go outside. How, the, how are people going to watch that? I mean, it's online only? Is that the deal? I think. Isn't it? The yeah. CBS thing, yeah. Yeah, you got to pay to watch it on CBS. Yeah, Sorry. Um, online, Sorry. yeah. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it's it's only going to be, I don't, I think it probably will show up later on like Netflix a year later or something, but I think when it comes out, you've got to buy a subscription to CBS. Uh, see how that goes, business model. Yeah, and it'll like force you to watch an episode of The Mentalist before you watch. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I see that. They're going, they're going for that over 60 crowd. <laughs> hey, let's not, let's not ever pass up a chance to kick CBS in the balls. Tonight they are airing, they've been promoting this all week on, on air, they are airing the first ever colorized version of the Dick Van Dyke show. And I'm like, wow, what? you just you just tipped your hand. What oh. audience are you going for? Oh, people who remember who Dick Van Dyke are. <laughs> wow, that is totally weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh boy. Well, Mentalist, another guy in a vest, by the way. Type there, but uh, Bringing it back to that, but... But anyway, thank you guys for a great conversation and a lot of good topics today. I do want to quickly wrap up with a little game of visitors that I came up with. Uh, I don't have a clever name this week, but uh, basically I was thinking, is it or is it, uh, is it a uh, religious or sports superstition? Ooh, so I was close on the Barty Jesus quotes. Yeah, a little bit, actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> a lot of these have to do with... Uh, Underwear and urine. Um, well, so we're still on, that's, we're still that's, on topic. <laughs> All right, Price yeah. is going to kill this. That's right. So uh, I'll, I guess I'll start off with, uh, well, drinking human urine. Would this be a religious or sports? It's a Hindu practice. Religious. I'm going to yeah. say religious, but I'm also not going to deny the fact that some athletes have probably drank human urine for whatever reason they thought. Yeah. This one Honestly, is... Uh, uh, oh. Well, had, go ahead, Price. I'm sorry. Well, I had a story. Uh, Leoto Machida, uh, MMA fighter, was everyone, he, he, for a while, was drinking his own pee. So, well, Price, you are correct. That is the answer to this question. I want to <laughs> add, as someone who, who also has an obsession with uh, shipwreck stories, mm -hmm. the first thing you learn in shipwreck stories, do not drink your own urine if you're lost at sea. Drink oh, someone else's. That is a good tip. <laughs> yeah, drink someone else's. It, uh, it, uh, two, two points. Number one, it dehydrates you faster because of the salt content. However, if you watched 127 hours, if you let your urine settle for a few hours then drink the top part, you would get a, you get a, a more helpful uh, helpful liquid into you. Pro tip today. We were just going to cut all this out. We've now developed it. We're, we're, we're steering wildly towards water sports. Well, it's but, here's a, but here's another uh, quick little thing that I heard on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Is that <laughs> Don't you, surprise uh, kill this. If you, <laughs> if, you, if you eat some mushrooms and you trip, and then later on, if you drink drink your pee from, from, that, from that mushroom trip, it takes you like to outer space. I've, I've not tried it, but I'm not a. But that's just um, what I and heard. For, and for, for those for those mushroom for those mushroom eaters out there, if you want that extra extra kick, there you go. So it might be this and, might be more of a religious than MMA experience. It could so, be. And for yeah. uh, for our younger yeah. listeners out there, what Price is talking about is eating shiitake mushrooms on your sandwich, 
and then tripping by falling down over your untied shoelaces. Yeah, that's right. So it'll really, you won't literally go to outer space. Uh, but yes, uh, to get back to the question. That was who I was actually looking at here. Was this Lyoto Machida? Is that right, Price? That's correct. Uh, his father was a karate master. Apparently, taught him this practice. But mm-hmm. so that's human urine. Now, what about cow urine? That's Hindu. That's, that's this is also Zoroastrian. That's right. They uh, did have ritual rituals that included drinking cow urine. Some things you do, some things you don't. That's right. <laughs> um, how about a bag of magic minerals? Religion or sports? Oh, I've got to say religion. Sports. Or sports if you're Mark McGuire. This one is uh, sports. Outfielder Steve Finley, uh, formerly of the Diamondbacks, kept a bag of magic minerals to keep away bad energy. Oh. Back to urine. Peeing on your hands. That's sports. That's sports. That's That's Moses Alou. It is Moses Alou. That's right. But let's also point out, kids, that if you want to toughen up your hands with basically what is a, a saline treatment, just use saline. That you don't really too. need to pee yeah. on your hands. It's all—it's also Saturday night at my house after I've been drinking for a while. <laughs> it's hard to take aim sometimes, I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, let's get into the realm of uh, underwear. Um, um, that's Morgan. Yeah. That's what she said. That's right. Uh, underwear with uh, that that brings about good things and keeps away bad. That's right. It is both religion and sports, of course. It is. It is. Yeah, we have the uh, magic underwear with the Mormons. A um, couple yeah, sports notes and underwear. Uh, Wills. I didn't know this, but apparently Michael Jordan insisted on wearing UNC underwear. Uh, is you know his alma mater during uh, and they were apparently I don't know they must have been. Rather large because he actually needed to wear oversized shorts so that they wouldn't stick out, and that was you know part of the trend towards bigger shorts in the in the NBA. This actually raises a legitimate question, a personal question, as of the moment. I am pulling out my underwear for today's game, oh, yeah. and I ju- I just opened up a new package of green Packers Day mm-hmm. game day underwear. Am I better off going with a new pair? Because I think I think Seattle today is probably our biggest. Our biggest challenge so far, right, of the rest it, of the season. I guess it depends on whether you are really engaged in trying to do all that is possible to push the jam. See, me, like, I, I might think of today as, like, uh, chances of them winning this game aren't the greatest anyway. It might be time to roll the dice a little bit. That's so with a new pair. Go with the new pair. I might go with the new pair first. I want to point out to our listeners, both pair, completely clean, have been laundered. Oh, thank you. That's good. That's, <laughs> so, that's a good you note. Know, hygiene is not part of the uh, equation. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Good. That's a good question. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and one more we'll throw out there. How about a uh, wearing a necklace of teeth uh, collected from hunted animals? That's um, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm going to say I both. I'm also, it also made me think of, like, you know, pitchers who, uh, who throw, uh, throw bean balls. They collect the, the broken oh, yeah. teeth of the batters. <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, this is actually sports. It was pitcher uh, Turk Wendell. Oh yeah. Or a necklace of teeth. Yeah. That's good luck. So. so was that you guys are you run? guys are you guys old enough to remember the shark tooth craze in the seventies necklace? Shark tooth necklaces were a big deal. Oh, that went that went through the eighties. Oh yeah, the shark. Yeah. Not a shark tooth. That's right. 
That was a conversation killer. Hey, there we go. (laughs) Well, thank you, everybody. Good job on Is It It This Week. Again, just a good showcase of uh, a lot of weird traditions, both on the religious and sports side of things. I think there are an awful lot of similarities. Um, But thanks for chatting this week, guys. It was a good episode, as always. And uh, thank you all for listening out there. And we'll uh, catch you at the next episode. Thanks very much. Excelsior. Excelsior.